0: Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week we've been looking at a conference message that was given by a 70 in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's a native of Nigeria, and his name is Adyinka A. Ohedron. He is a 70, he's been a 70 since 2020. And he gave a talk in the April 2022 General Conference titled, The Covenant Path, The Way to Eternal Life. Now, in his talk, he cites from the Book of Mormon, Alma 5:33 and 34. And he says, Alma the high priest, teaching in the land of Zarahemla, recounted a profound invitation by Jesus Christ, saying, quote, Behold, he sendeth an invitation unto all men, For the arms of mercy are extended toward them, and he saith, Repent, and I will receive you. Now, in yesterday's show, we cited a quote from the sixth president of the church, a man by the name of Joseph F. Smith. He was born in 1838. He was the son of Hiram Smith, the brother of Joseph Smith, the founder of the LDS movement. Now, the reason why I want to go over this again is because I don't want this to be lost on us. But Joseph F. Smith gave a statement recorded in the church manual, Teachings of Presidents of the Church, Joseph F. Smith, and it's found on page 61. Repentance, as we've talked about many times on this show, is a very important teaching in the LDS Church. It's no less an important teaching among Christians historically. It's just that we define what repentance is very differently. But here's what is interesting, and yesterday you heard Eric read this. I want to read it for you again, because we've made the comment on this show that it's rare if ever you hear an LDS leader in general conference get up and explain to the people that they are preaching to, explaining that they struggle living all the commandments. They struggle staying on this alleged covenant path. But there was a rarity, and the rarity was in Joseph F. Smith, where he said, Who can say in his heart, in the presence of God and man, I have truly repented of all my sins? Then Smith went on to say, I have many weaknesses and imperfections. I have as many weaknesses as many of you, and I do not know but what I have more than a great many of you. I have not been able to live up to and honor this second principle of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I would like to see the man who has. I would like to see the human preacher who has done it, but I am trying I want you to understand, my brethren and sisters, I am still
1: trying. Bill, when he says, I would like to see the human preacher who has done it, I think that's an obvious pointing over to a Christian preacher. But I have never met, maybe there are some heretical, quote-unquote, Christian preachers out there, but I have never heard a Christian preacher say that you have to keep all the commandments in order to be able to get the best that our religion has to offer, which is heaven. Here, he's saying nobody, even they aren't doing it. Well, we're not saying we do it. We believe that Jesus has done it all. He imputes his righteousness into our account.
0: Now, this was a manual that church members were reading years ago. I wonder how many members of the church, when reading the bottom of page 61, Really look closely at what Joseph S. Smith was saying, because when he says, who can say in his heart, in the presence of God and man, I have truly repented of all my sins. But aren't Latter-day Saints supposed to be able to say that? Aren't they supposed to be qualified? Isn't that part of being on this covenant path, is to say in your heart that you have truly repented of your sins. So what I get from this is that Joseph F. Smith is implying that when he stands before Christ, who is going to be our judge, Joseph F. Smith would not feel confident to tell Jesus that he has truly repented of his sins. If he has not truly repented of his sins, does he receive the blessings or privileges? That's the word that Mr. O'Heteron uses. Is he going to receive the privileges of that exaltation that most faithful Latter-day Saints are seeking? If we were to ask a Latter-day Saint, have you truly repented of your sins? And they say yes, and I've had LDS people say that to me, but it sounds like they can't do it honestly. And even Joseph F. Smith admits that he had weaknesses and imperfections. Were these imperfections and weaknesses enough to get them off that covenant path that they're supposed to stay on? This is why this imaginary path seems so vague in so many areas. If I have an issue of pride in my heart, have I stepped off the covenant path? You would think so because Alma 5 tells us that we're not supposed to be a proud people, that if we have any bit of pride in us at all, we're not prepared to die. So what does this really mean? Especially when you look at the quotation above this quote that I just gave you from the bottom of page 61 and the top of 62, Joseph F. Smith gives an example of what true repentance is, but yet it's the type of repentance he seems to admit later on, and I don't know who arranged these quotes. Some editor put these quotes in a certain type of order, and I don't understand this individual's mind in putting them the way he did, but how does he explain repentance just a couple of paragraphs above that one that I just read at the bottom of page 61— In Teachings of Presidents of the Church, Joseph F. Smith,
1: he said, Does repentance consist of sorrow for wrongdoing? Yes, but is this all? By no means. True repentance only is acceptable to God. Nothing short of it will answer the purpose. Then what is true repentance? True repentance is not only sorrow for sins and humble penitence and contrition before God, but it involves the necessity of turning away from them, a discontinuance of all evil practices and deeds, a thorough reformation of life, a vital change from evil to good, from vice to virtue, from darkness to light. Not only so, but to make restitution so far as it is possible for all the wrongs we have done to pay our debts and restore to God and man their rights, that which is due to them from us this is true repentance, and the exercise of the will and all the powers of body and mind is demanded to complete this glorious work of repentance, then God will accept it.
0: Then will God accept it. And then two paragraphs down, this editor decides to insert the statement that we read earlier where Joseph F. Smith said, who can say in his heart, in the presence of God and man, I have truly repented of my sins. Nobody's going to be able to do that, according to Joseph F. Smith.
1: Well, you could pretend to do it, but this is what Joseph F. Smith says. No mouth profession of repentance is acceptable to God unless it is carried out in practice. We must have works as well as faith. We must, in italics, do as well as pretend in italics to do. We must do as well as pretend to do. Who's doing it?
0: I would think that would be a very depressing portion of that manual to read when you realize that your sixth president couldn't do it and wasn't doing it, though he was trying. But is that going to be enough? Is trying really being on the covenant path? When it sounds like you have to truly repent, and you have to keep all the commandments. It was Mr. Ohederun who cited Abraham 3.25. We've mentioned that in every show this week, I think, where it says, do all things whatsoever the Lord your God shall command you. Well, that sounds like a pretty straightforward commandment, if that's what you have to do in order to receive exaltation. But then he goes on to say in his talk, The Savior himself invites us to come unto him and take his yoke upon us, that we may have rest in this tumultuous world. After what we just read, Eric, if you were a thoughtful Latter-day Saint, could you find rest in what we just looked at? I would have a very difficult time resting in this, knowing that I'm supposed to truly repent, but that one of my own presidents said, I can't do that with a straight face. I would be pretending if I were to say that before God.
1: And he actually uses Matthew 11, 28 to 29 for his reference to taking his yoke upon him. Then listen to what he says. Right after this, we're supposed to have rest in this tumultuous world. He says, we come unto Christ by exercising faith in him, repenting daily, making covenants with God as we receive the ordinances of salvation and exaltation, and enduring to the end by keeping those covenants. And he's citing from the general handbook. Then he goes on and says, the path to perfection is the covenant path, and Jesus Christ is the center of all ordinances and covenants. There's the subtitle right there. But I don't see Jesus Christ being the center. It seems like you are the center. You need to keep the covenant path. You need to keep your covenants that you make weekly at the sacrament service, and if you don't, then Jesus is not going to do anything for you.
0: I just wonder, when does a Latter-day Saint think in their own mind that they've finally arrived at true repentance? If this is supposed to be a lifelong process, you would think that by the time their life comes to an end, they would have actually set aside all of their sins. There would have been a complete reformation of life, as Joseph F. Smith described, in this church manual that we quoted earlier. And folks, manuals are vetted by the First Presidency. At least that's what the membership is told. The First Presidency have gone through this manual, and they look at this as teaching pure doctrine. If that's what a Latter-day Saint is supposed to believe, then how do they finally feel like they've arrived at that conclusion, that they've arrived at that destination? I would think they would never have that assurance. And of course, experience shows me in talking to Latter-day Saints that very few of them even try to pretend that they have that assurance.
1: I'm with you, Bill. Whoever put this together had an agenda, and the agenda doesn't seem to make any sense, because whoever the editor is wants Smith to say, you have to have full repentance, there's no pretending to do so. And then Smith says that he's not doing what he's supposed to do. That can't be helpful at all when you're reading this manual to say, well, you know, if this guy's not keeping it, how am I supposed to keep it? But as we talked about yesterday, Bill, the leaders today don't speak as Joseph F. Smith is talking because they're making it sound like they are doing it. And that's the impression I think they want to come across.
0: Well, they would almost have to do that. Otherwise, they would be speaking as a hypocrite. I do give credit to Joseph F. Smith for that admission, because as rare as it is, he seems to be, at least in that portion, speaking from his heart. But don't you think, Eric, that a lot of what he said at the bottom of page 61 in the manual seems to be unraveled by the quotes above it? Because he's the one that's giving you the definition of what true repentance is supposed to be and telling you that you're supposed to do it, but then he admits he's not even doing it what is a Latter-day Saint member supposed to do with this? Tomorrow, we're gonna finish up looking at this message that was given in General Conference in April of 2022, titled, The Covenant Path, The Way to Eternal Life, by Ada Yinka A. O'Hederon, a member of the First Quorum of the Seventy. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website, at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism.